This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Not only am I excited for this episode, I'm excited for this week because... uh We've partnered with the ASX and uh, we're doing something pretty exciting. We are. This week is all about the ASX Investor Day. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, the ASX has been holding live sessions around the country over the past month. Uh, and we've partnered with them, as Ren said, to bring you some of the best sessions and experts from the conference. And uh, today's going to be a, a great way to kick yeah, off. Yeah. So today and every day this week, uh, we're going to be releasing an episode on this feed uh, with a different expert uh, covering the topic that they presented on the Investor Day. Um, so hopefully it gives you a taste of the day. Hopefully it gets you excited for the next Investor Day happening later this year. That's right. So it is our pleasure to welcome Adam Dawes to the studio. Adam, welcome. Thank you. Yes, it's uh, great to be here. So Adam is a senior investment advisor at Shaw and Partners, and he held the buy, hold and sell session for the ASX Investor Day. Um, and we wanted to rep- replicate that session today by essentially getting as big a list as possible of stocks. <laughs> massive, <laughs> massive. <laughs> and we're just going to play buy, hold, or sell. Yeah, yeah. Could it get any better? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, uh, this is probably the hottest, uh, hottest session at the Investor Day. Mm. Apparently, people wait around all day to hear Adam speak. Yes. So we're lucky to have you on the show. Yeah. And we're going to use our full forty-five minutes to grill you. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Do a lot of talking. <laughs> So the the way we've structured this is we've got a bunch of different, I guess, sectors or categories um, and some of the companies uh, that the Equity Mates community have asked us to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we do like to hear the story of people's first investment. We generally find there's a good lesson or story that comes out of it. So before we get into buy, hold or sell, can you tell us the story of your first investment? Yeah, so my, my first investment was certainly something uh, it wasn't very large compared to what I'm doing today, but it, it, it gives you, once you put your own money into a stock, it gives you that sense of skin in the game and holy dooly, you know, like, you know, your heart starts to race and it's just like, you know, you, you press the button and, you, and you've bought it. So, my first investment was very, very boring, and potentially that's what everybody should be doing for their first investment is to be a little bit more cautious about what they're going to do. And I still hold it today, so it's very boring, everybody. I know you love the tech space and everything else, but BHP was my first investment. The stock was at $25, and and basically through the global financial crisis, it went to $14. So I took a very, very... Uh, view that I like the stock and I was happy to buy more and I bought a little bit more when it got back up to 15 and 16 and I still hold it today. But it's been a very good stock, good quality uh, yeah, and obviously ESG has been a bit of an issue for them But in going forward. But something safe and boring for your first one, I think is, is the best advice I can give anybody. Yeah, yeah love agreed. that. So um, let's crack into it. Before we do, when we say buy, hold or sell, do you have a particular time horizon in your mind or is it literally just right now? 
Yeah. So uh, most of our analysts, and I can, and, and, and I'll somewhat talk to some of our analyst price targets and those kinds of things. They look at it within a twelve month view. Okay. Now we have some of these stocks in these port, uh, that we're going to talk about today that have one fallen even today fallen by 40% or some have risen by 12%. So when I preface that, I'll probably say this is a strong buy or something like that, that now is the time. But we basically look at it at, 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 from a larger perspective that it should be a sort of a six to 12 month horizon that if you do buy or sell, and I'll be very vocal on the sell side, pretty much sell will be get out straight away. So, <laughs> right, okay, um, right. And I can yeah, give you a couple of examples of some good sells <laughs> later on. We, we, don't want, uh, we don't want you to hold back here. If yeah. you have an opinion, we All want right. to hear it. <laughs> done, done. Now, we should just establish we're recording this on the 19th of May. Uh, it won't be released for a couple of weeks, so we think it's important to ground it yep. given we're going to be talking buy, hold, and sell. And plus also this is not advice. This is I haven't taken into anyone's personal circumstances or anything like that, so this is general in nature. So please, if you are going to invest, please seek professional advice before you do anything. Nice. All right, well, let's kick off with potentially the hottest sector in the Equity Mates group, and that is the buy now, pay later. It no wouldn't surprises be a show. There. It would not be a show if we didn't talk yeah, about it. It wouldn't be a close second in terms of hottest sectors. So the two community picks, uh, again, no surprises, Afterpay, APT, and Zip, mm. Z1P. Buy, hold, or sell on both of those. Well, look, certainly we've seen Afterpay come from $160 down to $80 where it is today. And obviously, zip from $14 down to $7. So, look, there's certainly some value now starting to creep back into that buy now, pay later sector. We have seen a huge sell-off in both of those stocks and in the sector in its entirety. But you've got to remember that these guys are still doing what they were doing six months ago to two years ago. They're still winning customers. They're still putting people onto their platform. And they're still making these things work. So I think they're both a buy. Zip is my favoured one at the moment, so that's the strong buy. I think Afterpay, you're getting a lot of this hot money starting to come out of the sector, so you need to be really, really careful about that one. That potentially could fall a little bit further. But the whole reasoning behind this and why it's a buy is that we think that Zip and Afterpay are getting huge numbers in the US, absolutely ridiculous numbers, and quad pay for Zip is outstripping or beating Afterpay you know, sort of three times. So we think that those quarterly numbers, and you can look to when they're reporting dates, it could be a good trade for those quarterly numbers coming out. As those quarterly numbers come out, we expect them to be beating expectations. And you'll start to see a bit of love coming back into that sector once they start to talk about it. Now, obviously, there's a big player in the space by um, Kalana, but then the what? Pay, pay, PayPal. PayPal. How yeah. could PayPal. I forget about it? How could I forget? <laughs> um, PayPal. So there, there is this huge, big player there, and PayPal's basically turning the model on its head and saying to merchants, you don't actually have to pay any fee to be there. And this is what the concern was many years ago that you can't keep making the merchant pay 4% plus to get onto this system. Now, they're happy to do that because here in Australia, we understand lay-by and that's exactly what it is, but the customer gets the product before you pay it off. So businesses are happy to get rid of all of that inventory and move it while keep continuing to get the, the money in the door. So I think overall, Zip is a very good one. We do know that Kalana and Matt Common are playing that whole uh, game of this is should be regulated, this sector should be regulated, and at the moment it isn't. So the reason why I like Zip is that they do more control or quality control or credit checks when they put on a customer versus Afterpay. And I think if if it comes down to it and they shine the torch on both the companies, Zip will come out a lot better than Afterpay. And potentially that's a, a, a just a little bit of a leg up to the reasons why I prefer Zip over Afterpay. You've made a lot of friends in the equity mates community <laughs> saying you prefer Zip over Afterpay. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's keep this ball rolling. Yeah. Uh, after buy now, pay later, we've got to go to tech. And yeah. we've got a number of names here. So maybe uh, let's go one by one. Yeah. Um, so first one, Altium, ticker yeah. ALU, uh, buy, hold or sell? ALU is a buy at the moment for us. I think that the reason is, is that this business, and, and you can actually look back to global financial crisis and, and, and tech route and these kinds of things where this company was just in its, in its infancy. Altium was one of those ones that... Every time you use a computer, uh, you press a button on a lift, you use their technology. Their technology is to, for chips to talk to each other so they can communicate and do what they do. This is a fantastic business. It has been beaten up with the rest of the tech sector, 
But I really like this one for good revenue and longer term. I think Altium is definitely a buy. Uh, keeping with A's, Apen. Yeah, Apen. Now, this is a tougher one because we even today this stock has rallied quite considerably and potentially there's value starting to come back into these stocks. And that value is, is certainly somewhere where you want to be. But at the end of the day, you need to be really careful about how you step into these things because at the moment they're falling and it's what's called catching uh, a falling knife. So in other words, you cut yourself when you catch a falling knife. At the moment, you don't want to be into these things too much because – we're continuing to see the fall, but what will happen is we want to see the stock move sideways for a while. That creates the base, and that creates something that you can then go forward with. So a little bit of patience on Appen. It has rallied a little bit today because potentially people see value in it. But the issue with Appen is that 80% of the revenue comes from five major clients, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, those kinds of things. And what Appen does is they've done a lot of voice technology, so the Siri. So when you talk about ask for what's the weather today, they have a lot of their smarts that go into that. Plus also when you're going onto a website and you log on and you ask, uh, uh, I'm not a robot, or uh, and you tick that, and then there's all these pictures about a mountain and you have to tick the mountain. <laughs> it's actually people that do that. It's actually not a computer because AI cannot do that for them. So there's these masses of rooms of people in rows plugging away on computers to get that data into the system to work it. Now, the issue is, is that now Google, Microsoft and Facebook have said, we can do that ourselves. We don't need you, Appen, because basically they can get the grunt work done as well. So Appen, uh, key customer, five businesses, 80% of their revenue, it's a little bit cautious. So it's a hold from me until you find that line where, as I said, it'll fall. It'll then move, start to move sideways. Then you can have a look at it. So it's patience on Appen at the moment. So uh, next company in the tech sector is one, uh, I guess, a market darling for a while now, yeah. and that's REA Group. Yeah. Fantastic business, isn't it? Um, and with the housing market continuing to go ridiculous <laughs> uh, here in Sydney as well as Melbourne and anywhere else in region, I was in regional Victoria just this week and the amount of property that's moving around, the subdivisions, uh, land getting you know packaged up for people that want to move outside of Melbourne or outside of Sydney to do that, I think that, that it's going ridiculous. REA is a fantastic business and the reason why it's a fantastic business is that to, to advertise on REA is free, not a problem. So all real estate agents will want to be there. But what they do is then they lift their services. They then say, well, we'll put you ahead of the pack. We'll put you up a bit further if you pay a fee, if you want premium this, if you want premium that. And so they're able to lift up these real estate agents because it's so competitive out there. There's, there's not a lot of stock but and there's a lot of people wanting to buy. But being competitive is really, really important. So they can lift up those services and what a fantastic stock this has been. The other side of it is if you want to own something like News Corp, R or News Corp owns 60% of REA. So, you know, you can get a pseudo um, exposure to both of those companies via buy, buying one or the other as well. So, it's an interesting way to play something if you're looking at News Corp as well. But REA will continue to be a buy in this low interest rate environment and the way that they can lift that uh, average spend. I think it's fantastic. So, Adam, what about Digital X DCC? And maybe for people who haven't heard of this one, a quick primer on what they do. Yeah, so, well, nobody's heard of Bitcoin, so <laughs> did, did you want me to talk about Bitcoin yeah, to start And if with? you can explain, like, how the value <laughs> no. is there and yeah, what mining is. <laughs> no, I, I can't explain any of that. So, look, DCC is, is, is a store of Bitcoin, uh, and, and, and they've got actually a fair bit sitting in cold storage. And so, this one is a, is a tough one. It is a high-risk one, so to be careful with this one because... Uh, Bitcoin is moving around ridiculously and volatile and hence their, their storage will be up or down depending on what the Bitcoin has done. But it's an interesting way to get access to Bitcoin if you don't know how to do it, if you don't know uh, or, or just to invest in a company because there's not many ASX companies that are really sort of aligned with Bitcoin. So this is, I think for me, is 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 I like this story. I think it's a buy 
due to the fact that it's a way to get exposure to another uh, asset class that potentially you might not be able to get access to. So they hold Bitcoins and, and store Bitcoins. They've got a couple of other businesses as well that will do well. So it's a really interesting story for me uh, as far as the ASX, just to give us a little bit more insight into that. But look, certainly Bitcoin is here to stay. And I think that also means that DCC will do quite well out of it. Now, we've got one more company in the tech uh, sector, I guess, one that maybe shouldn't be in the tech sector. <laughs> they would like to think they're in the tech sector. Absolutely. Um, and that's Telstra. Well, what an old world stock, hey? <laughs> I know. You know. That's the problem with Australia. I mean, we, we are an old world market. You know, we've got a couple of resources, a couple of banks, some supermarkets and a telco. Like, you know, that 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 is pretty much what our top 20 is. So, so, And then, yes, there's lots of other things and we're doing well in that tech space. But Telstra is one of those ones that really has lagged and it was always seen as a conservative stock. And I don't think they've really shaken that conservativeness uh, away from investors. And there are still a lot of people when I was at the ASX Investor Day on the weekend Everybody put your hand up who owns Telstra and, you know, at least 25, 30% of the room still holds Telstra. I, I think everyone will hold some in their super account oh, unless great. you're self-managed oh, or great. if you own an index fund. Absolutely. So. so, everyone does own this thing. So, is Telstra a buy, hold or sell? That's what you're asking me. I, I think actually Telstra is a buy. And the reason why I say that is that we saw them about three months ago and it's the first time in five years that we walked out of that meeting going, yeah, actually, these guys now are starting to turn this business around and starting to make it go. The reason why is that they're looking to uh, move assets or, or hive assets off. And when you do that, you clean your business up potentially for it's easier for people to understand the business, but then it's also easier for people then to take it over or, or, or generate extra revenue. So the first business off the rank that they're going to sell is all of the mobile phone towers. Right, So that's a fantastic business in itself. Infrastructure, we all need it. It is going to happen. There's no way around it. We need those kinds of things. So Telstra in the, in the short term is actually turning this business around. Now, they've done the right thing by reducing dividends. That's the first thing. You know, um, Yahoo, like all of these massive companies in the US, they don't pay dividends. They just put all the money back into the business. And that's where the old world needs to be shaken off a bit because everyone expected their dividend yield to be 7 8% plus franking credits. It's not going to happen anymore. They're going to reduce those dividends and put money back into the business to it to grow. So along the lines of that they're splitting the business up or, or, or taking chunks out and simplifying it, and they've got this new sort of vision that they are going to be a tech stock versus a or a tech telco versus a an old world copper wire business landline business they've got the infrastructure they've got it all there you just got to get the market back in back in its corner and that's and i think that's yeah that's happening so it's a buy telstra for me tech telco i'll tech believe it telco. when i see it there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to coin that one <laughs> all right moving uh sectors into my favorite that is retail yeah um, let's kick off with uh, the e-commerce disruptor, and that is Kogan, KGN. So it is a definite disruptor in this business. However, it's had such a fantastic run. Yeah. It's now coming back, like we're seeing with the afterpays or, or the buy now, pay later sector. And it's really about this pre-COVID, COVID, and then post-COVID world. Because in pre-COVID, Kogan was doing very well and everyone was happy and it was being bought up. In the middle of COVID, these numbers just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Why? Because everybody's sitting at home. Temple and Webster, JB Hi-Fi we'll talk about. Um, all of these business where you couldn't get out so and you're sitting in there looking at that wall going, um, I, I really need to do something like that or I need a new fridge or I need a new TV or whatever. Kogan is there to go, you know, click, 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 deliver. And then basically within three days, you're getting this item and you couldn't get out. So you had to use these services. Now, has people's perception changed of buying internet? Probably to a large degree. Do you then still go out to the store to buy your goods? Maybe you like to look at the fridge before you buy it or something like that. But I think attitudes have changed. So pre-COVID, they were doing well. COVID, they were doing amazing. Now it's about post-COVID. Are they going to be able to keep those numbers moving? 
I don't know. I think that might, and this is why we're seeing the Temple and Webster's, the Kogans, and all sort of coming off a bit because those numbers will not continue forever. So Kogan is a hold from me because I want to make sure that those numbers uh, that you know that they've they've obviously had a fantastic run. Are they going to move through? And I don't think they will. So we're going to have to normalise somewhere along the line there. And we've seen that with our supermarkets, the whole pantry demic. Everybody was <laughs> – you like this? Yeah. You like that one? Pantry demic. <laughs> Everyone was buying toilet paper, yeah? Why we did that? Who knows? But it was supermarkets were, were flooded with those like-for-like sales. And they've all come off because they can't go at 12% like-for-like sales. They'll have to go at 3 to 5 where they normally sit. So you've got this massive sugar rush coming in, and I think Kogan's in that same space. You've just got to wait till the, the sales normalise. They're doing really good stuff on energy. They're you know, becoming the, the place to go to get your internet, your energy, you know, all those kinds of things, and that's a great way to keep people's wallet closer to them. So it's a hold for me just at the moment trying to work out how they're going to figure out in this post-COVID world. Pantry-demic. I'm still thinking about that. Bryce was at Woolies. I was at Coles during the start of COVID and yep. neither of us have even heard of that term. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So, no, it's a great one, yeah, because yeah. everyone was like, oh, my goodness. You know, like, you know, I'd rang my wife and said, what are you doing? She's like, panic buying. And I was like, you don't need to. And she's like, but everyone else is, so I'm going to. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that, yeah. that pantry-demic was huge. I was yeah. getting people asking me, like, when's a truck? When when does this store get a delivery? I, I need to buy toilet paper. And I'm like, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it's it? It's crazy, yeah. yeah. But it, it was like three Christmases in one week for mm, those guys. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. So so we will put the supermarkets to one side. We actually don't have them on this list. Maybe we should Maybe we should add them in. Um, but I want to stick on the e-commerce theme for a moment. Um, a company that recently listed last year, Booktopia Group, mm-hmm. uh, BKG. Yeah, we listed them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so our, our firm, Shore & Partners, listed them. Uh, so, look, this is an interesting one because, um, you know, I, I sort of liken it to the, the GameStop, right? Where GameStop or, you know, you used to go into a store to buy your books, right? You used to go in there. GameStop, you used to go to EB Games or whatever to buy your games. But you don't do that anymore. You buy them online and you get them delivered. Now, obviously, with an online business, you can take 15% to 20% off your purchase price because you don't have to pay rent, you don't have to pay staff as such, and so it's a huge uh, benefit to shareholder to, to people buying that you can buy these things at a, at, a, at a discounted price. What that does then is, Dimix has to close bookstores all around Australia, and only really got two or three bookstores now in George uh, in Sydney, you know, in the city, and maybe Bondi Junction, something like that. That that the bigger stores will be able to handle it. So I think Booktopia has a way of disrupting, yes, uh, that area. I do wonder how many people are reading books versus listening to podcasts, looking online, YouTube content on demand. So I think I think it's a hold. Um, my my daughter is an avid reader and will will read you know in in her school holidays read seven books or eight books like she loves them. But she likes going to the bookstore and like she's like a kid in a candy store because she can touch them, feel them, those kind of things. But she's got a lot of Booktopia vouchers. I just think that that disruption needs to be qualified. I don't know. Because it is a new business, I want to be careful that I, if, it, you know, I'd say a hold because I haven't seen the numbers for the six months to 12 months. And if they're able to beat prospectus forecasts, then I feel a little bit more comfortable about it. It has had run up and it has come down as well. So I think that if you've got it, hold it. I think it's a very good business, but wait till they're sort of quarterlies and half yearlies before you can make an investment decision on that one. Mm. Uh, the company that just keeps on giving is JB Hi-Fi. Unbelievable. Hey? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm going to step away from this one because I missed it when it was at $2.50 and it was Brashes, right? If everybody remembers that one, it used to be Brashes, which was the store. It turned into JB Hi-Fi. And at $2.50, the IPO, I missed it. And at $15, I said it went too high. And at $20, $30, I said, no, it can't go any higher. And now we're at $50. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, you know, it's one of those ones where I used to use the store and I go, I love it. The reason why um, I, I'm, I'm going to say nothing on it because I've never got it right. So I'll be totally honest with you. It, it's a buy. Yeah, it's a fantastic business <laughs> it, and it will continue to go. Now, the reason why I like JB Hi-Fi is, is, that, is that they've got certain amount of retail space or floor space that they have. Remember CDs. It used to be 
50% yeah. of their store, yeah. right? CDs started to go out of fashion. They moved the CDs to the back. They put more gaming uh, stuff, PS4 and uh, Xbox and stuff. So that's taken over that. Now uh, records are really becoming f- uh, a fad at the moment and outstripping CD sales. So now when you go into JB Hi-Fi, you can actually see records, you know, vinyl sitting in their pride of place. So they're able to use their floor space and move that floor space around really efficiently. And whatever the next Apple comes out of with the next this comes out, the next speaker, the next headphones, they're able then to use that inventory and make it work. So they're very smart. They're very shrewd operators. They've got a great online presence. But I missed it, and I've missed the whole thing. Um, so, it, it, they're very good company. It's it, it's definitely it, it's a it's a buy. But I just yeah I I missed it. Fair enough. So we've uh, we've almost covered three sectors, um, and we haven't had a sell yet. So I'm I'm looking forward to when when we when hear we get it. A sell? I'm not saying this next stock will be one. I'm looking forward to hear it eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so next one is uh, Tyro Payments. T Y R. It's hard to put a sell on this one due to the fact that every time you tap your card, it's the it's the smarts in between the tap when you tap it to the bank. And it's just infrastructure that is just collects, clips the ticket, you know. And every now, well, every time you see the merchant, you say they pay you by card, they charge you an extra little bit. That extra little bit is the bank's fee, but it's also Tyro getting in there and taking that fee for that com- that connection. So it is a really good business. It's a fantastic business. Come under a bit of pressure of late, so I think that's a really good reason. So it's a buy from me due to the fact that infrastructure is not going to go away. Cashless society is, uh, is, is coming and there is people now not, uh, accepting cash, like mm. they just yeah. you have to tap it. Um, yeah. So, I think it's a captive market. I couldn't tell you the last time I got cash out. Yeah, I, I my, my my son asked me the other day because he wanted to get a lunch order, and and I said, Mom, I don't have any cash. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, do they take card? <laughs> yeah, they do. But like, you know, um, yeah, you're right. I don't know the last time I've had cash in my mm. wallet. I mean, maybe I put a hundred bucks in it looks to look rich, but that, that, that's about it. I never use it. Yeah, Bryce takes some out to hit the pokies every now and then. But that's about there it. You go, <laughs> there you go. So we've got a number of other sectors to hit: financials, travel, healthcare. Uh, but before we do, we're just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Adam, uh, we've hit buy now, pay later, tech, retail, some big names in there. Still haven't had a sell. Very, waiting in anticipation for that. That's coming. Yep. You'd, you'd hate to be the CEO that's the first sell. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so, get in trouble. <laughs> so let's move to financials. Uh, yeah. First company from the equity mates community is a big one. Yeah. I'm going to hazard a guess that not you'd have to be brave to sell this one. Yeah. And that is Macquarie Group. You're absolutely right. Absolutely <laughs> right. Look, even at 150, 140 dollars where it is today, it's still a buy. Like this, this business. Shamara is doing a fantastic job. The only thing that could potentially get Macquarie unstuck is this net zero emissions by a certain time. They invest in a lot of businesses that aren't ready to get that net emission zero. So they might struggle with some of that, even though they're pouring billions and billions of dollars into the ESG side of things. But Macquarie is one of those ones that comes out to the market. 
It says it tempers markets' expectations. Oh, we're probably not going to do so well this year. We're probably – it's going to be, you know, not as good. Bang. But then coming out, <laughs> bang, and just just beating it, beating it hands down. And so this is a business that does very well in good times and bad times. They've got commodity traders. They've got uh, infrastructure. They've got it all. They're very smart operators. Um, yeah, it's a buy. Even though at $150, you know, we thought CSL was never going to get to $200. We never thought Commonwealth Bank nearly getting to $100, and it will. But, you know, these kinds of things at $150, I don't think it's too expensive. You can continue to buy this thing. They will do well. It was my stock to take for the next 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good idea. Good idea. Great. Great. (laughs) Uh, To close out financials, Magellan Financial Group, so the actual business. Like Macquarie, they, Magellan, have lots of underlying funds that they use to um, to get uh, alpha or to get performance. Macquarie has got a lot of those smaller sub funds as well. You always buy the Macquarie or the Magellan due to the fact that they have to, all these underlying funds have to pay performance fees that come up into it. So really they're not doing much, but they're getting all of these uh, fees from it. Magellan is a tough one at the moment because they I think they've called the market wrong for the last six months. And the reason is that they've been overweight cash. The reason why they've been overweight cash is they're now so big. Even in the US market, if they try and take a position, they move share prices. Now, that's probably a bit hard if you're buying Visa or something like that. But then they have to go down or up the risk curve to find these ones that are going to get that outperformance. So I think what we've done is that we've had issues with uh, high levels of cash. They're still getting the inflows, which is fantastic. But the inflows then divided into retail as well as uh, institutional. Retail pays a fair sum to get those those funds in there, and they and that's really what they want. But there's been uh, more institutional money coming in, which they don't get a, a huge fee on. It's very very small. So when you look at the billions of dollars that have fund inflows, you need to look at where that's coming from and the mix going forward. But then, on top of all of this, anyway, we're getting to it to hold. Uh, on top of on top of all of this is is that the Aussie dollar is continuing to stay stubbornly high. And if you've got a business in the US and you're trying to then bring everything back into Aussie dollars, you're going to struggle. So, the time to buy this one is when you see the Aussie dollar falling. I think inflows are going to stay the same. I think everything's going to be doing well. Hamish does a fantastic job in the business. But at the moment, if as soon as that Aussie dollar rolls over, that's the time to buy this one. So I think it's fantastic business, very, very good, pays a good dividend as well. But just be a little bit cautious on their stance of the world. I guess they'll be right one day, but at the moment the market is definitely moving in the right or up and they're losing a lot of that performance. So it's a little bit of a key there for me. So moving to a sector that has had a lot of uh, trouble over the past years, a lot of question marks about when things will open up again, um, you know, the Virgin CEO and the Prime Minister are at each other about yep. uh, everything. We're not going to talk about Virgin. We're going to talk about two stocks in the travel sector. Yeah. Uh, first one, uh, Sydney Airport, buy, hold or sell? This is not going to be my first sell. It's a buy. <laughs> right? The, the, the reason for this buy is that domestic travel, they charge about $7 per customer or per passenger, okay? Um, in, in international travel, they charge about $29, right? So this stock in, through COVID had zero people coming through the door and still maintains 6 to $5 level. Like it just it, – the infrastructure, the, the everything is ab- about it – uh, screams quality and around that $5 it, 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 with no customers coming in which means no revenue for retail parking everything else that goes in it this stock should have been a dollar it really should have been because there was it was making no money but everybody could look past it look through the valley and say this is a fantastic business so you've got domestic travel now remember the Sydney to Melbourne route is the third or second busiest route in the world and if you're getting $7 per passenger, they're fitting more and more people into planes these days. Like, And the movements are still saying the same. So the movement meaning the plane moving in and out. They've still got capacity. They're around about 85% at the moment. So they can still grow that capacity. Obviously, the world isn't traveling. So the kicker to this one is going to be when international travel continues or comes back. So it's a buy, but it's that 12-month 
sort of six to 12 month outlook. Now, nobody knows when the travel ban is going to finish and everyone's speculating 2022, but when we get to 2022, it'll be 2023. Like it, it, nobody knows when this is going to happen. But I bought some of this stock uh, at the start of COVID knowing that this will, you know, this stock should trade seven to eight dollars all day long, right? So it's about six bucks at the moment. There's a little bit of upside there. When international travel kicks in, I think that's the time you really should be buying this really heavily. But it is a very, very, very good business with a quality operator. Um, somewhat of a monopoly but even when Badgerys Creek which is the second airport for Sydney actually gets opened up um, I think you'll see Sydney airports take that over anyway so um, yeah I, I really like the business it's a buy so continuing on travel yeah corporate travel management this will be my first sell oh, ah. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right so look it, it is a good business um, you know I think I think it goes hand in hand with the web jets of the world, which I think is also uh, struggling at the moment, as well as Flight Center, I think you could sell that one as well. So there are a couple of sells in that in this sector. Corporate travel is going to be very, very tough to get back up and running. We're all doing Zooms. Everybody does Zooms. So, you know, and it's very difficult for a corporate to plan out how they're going to do travel around the world, let alone just in Australia, without then potentially another country, a state going into lockdown and then basically all those plans get uh, get moved around. So it's really tough. So it's basically Zooms and I think corporate travel is going to struggle with that. I think Webjet also is highly shorted. That is also going to be a tough one. These are bonus stocks, everybody. Webjet <laughs> um, is, 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 a, is a tough one and Flight Centre also, very, very tough. If you remember, Flight Centre recapitalised their entire business down at $9. So in other words, came out to shareholders and said, we need more money. Shareholders gave them more money. In other words, recapitalized their whole business from $9. Flight Center generally trades around 40 bucks. In the new world, that means it's worth $20. So we, anytime it gets up to $20, don't be fooled to say, well, it was at $40. It's now at $20. It's gotten further room to move because you've got to look at the amount of capital uh the amount of shares that are on issue means that the forty dollars is now the is twenty dollars is the new level and so we saw that it got up to twenty bucks and then got belted back down again so just be careful in that sector or any of those sectors the first one to take off is Qantas that will be the first one to move then the Sydney airports then you can do your web jets flight centers corporate travels after that that's how I see this reopening trade start to happen love this Adam, you're so across the ASX that we ask you about one company and you give us five. Bonus. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Bryce and I were joking before this, we should just go down the list of the ASX 200. <laughs> we could probably go down the list of the All Ordinaries. We could. Oh, hang on. There's a lot of stocks there. Yeah. So um, moving on to another sector that is um, particularly interesting at the moment, um, a lot of great companies in there um, and the sector is healthcare. And yeah. The number one company has to be CSL. So let's start at the top. Um, buy, hold, or sell CSL. I want to know why this thing hasn't moved after the government turned around and said we're going to make vaccines here in Australia. Yeah, that should have been that should have been the the biggest boost to CSL's overall business. That homemade vaccines coming through. Now these guys are very very good at what they do. It's a hold for me at the moment. And only reason is is that one large part of their business is blood fractionation. So in other words, they take blood from people, especially in the US, they take blood and it's generally in that sort of lower to mid-tier um, financial range and they pay people to, to get their blood. Now, if you can't go into a collection centre because of COVID, then basically CSL's business has been at a standstill for that blood fractionation. They get that blood, they spin it around, they take out all the proteins and all those kinds of things and then use that to save lives in hospitals. It's a fantastic business, but if you don't have this input, which is the blood or the supply, to get that through into the hospitals, it's very, very difficult for you to continue to make your business. Now, obviously, they've said we can do vaccines, we can do this, we can do that, we can do all these other things, but the mainstay of their business has been hamstrung. So if we can get back to that level where uh, the United States, which is the biggest customer, the United States starts to open again, it's definitely a buy. But at the moment, 
it's a fantastic business, but I'd just be a little bit cautious in this space. At 277, somewhere in there, it actually looks okay. It looks good. But there's a couple of things that need to happen before you could slap a buy on this, and I think that's that reopening of the US and they're still in a world of trouble and it's going to take a lot longer than probably expected to reopen again. Hmm. Uh, race Oncology at yeah. an RAC. Yeah. Been flying? <laughs> More than flying. Uh, this is, yeah, it's a really interesting business and RAC, I think, uh, for me as a hold, um, it's not a sell because I think that what they're doing is, is very, very good. I'm always cautious about buying biotech stocks or stocks in the health, not not CSL in the healthcare space, but these biotech stocks because basically it's a binary outcome. Does my technology or does my drug work? Yes, stock rises. Does my drug work? No, and it can falls. So Mesoblast is a classic example where the market gets really hyped up about it. It doesn't meet its endpoint and the stock falls. So I think for RAC, it's a little bit different. They've got some revenue-driving businesses in there, so it's not just about their technology. So the thing is, and I, I don't know how much it's run up, but it's the ridiculous percentages over the last 6 to 12 months. I think it's a hold. You'd sit back and wait for this one. And potentially when they do come out with that next blockbuster kind of drug, um, then that's when you can get into it. I'm always cautious because sometimes these things don't work. Um, so it's a hold for me just on the price action. It's just it's just been out of control. If you can pull it back, there was another small business, Island Pharmaceuticals, which was a really good business. Some of the directors from RAC moved on to that one. That's a good little interesting one, good little technology, um, and that's doing dengue fever and things like that. So there's lots of these things floating around, so you just got to be a little bit careful. But RAC on price action, I think, has run too hard. So, Adam, we've got uh, we've got real estate to go, and then we've got an other bucket where we've got Lots a, of them. Lots a bunch of, them. of stocks that the Equity Mates community asked for that we didn't think fit neatly. Um, so, we've, we're going to cover all that, but again, uh, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, Adam, real estate is an interesting one. Um, We've got three stocks in this space. We'll start... Yeah, we'll, we'll just go down the list again. Uh, yeah. We'll start with Charter Hall, CHC. What do you think of that one? So CHC is a very, very well-run business. For me, they've got some fantastic uh, – It's called, there's there's actually one inside of that. That's a, it's called the Long Whale REIT. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, prob- that's fantastic. Whale meaning is weighted average lease expiry. So in other words, how long uh, – You've got rent on this business, and I think that's good. I like Charter Hall as a business. Uh, it's not my favourite one in the space. We will get to my favourite one, but um, so it, 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 it's a hold for me. I, I think they're going to do well. I, I, I like them. Um, they're just good managers, so it, you, you're going to be okay in that business. Uh, staying on the real estate theme, Goodman Group. Now, this is my favourite. <laughs> this one is my favourite. The reason why I like it is that industrial parks. Um, remember a couple of years ago, everybody was saying Amazon's coming into Australia. You know, it's going to decimate everything. You know, you've got to be Amazon ready, these kinds of things. These guys were Amazon ready. They've got these masses amount, masses amount of uh, land value. And then they're putting these industrial parks in there. 
and these industrial parks are good quality tenants going for a long, long period of time. I really think that Goodman Group needs a bit of a re-rating to the upside because it really hasn't had any kind of fall, which we saw through the COVID period, That because their businesses will continue to run. Office is tough. You're always going to struggle in that. Regional supermarkets they're going to struggle because people, uh, as well as supermarkets here, but they're not going to they're not going to survive. But Goodman Group will always be there and will be very good. There's another business that's going to be listing called Milestone Logistics. That's another one that's touted to come onto the market this year. That's going to help with the valuation and potentially lift Goodman Group's valuation on the back of this new IPO that's coming on. So Goodman Group is a buy from me. Nice one, and then one more in the uh, in this sector, uh, Center Group, uh, ASX ticker SCG. So this is a sell from me. There we go. All right. Um, the reason why I think that is that it was horrible through COVID. Well, we all knew that the shops were closed, and they made pay. They made people pay rent. Fine. Now there was a trade. <laughs> there was a trade in that. Uh, going up to the reopening trade of the world, right? That there was a trade there, and 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 certainly the stock rallied on the back of that of that reopening. But reality now is coming back. One like the Kogans, people potentially change, so they're not going into the supermarkets or the big Westfields, because Centre Group is the Westfield of Australia and New Zealand, and then there was Unibail Radamco, which is the global one, which is the London, UK, and uh, sorry, London and French and and um, whatnot of uh, the, sh- the shopping malls over there. So Centre Group is the Aussie one, um, and I think that over time, you know, we've seen a lot of shops closing because they just can't stay open, and if you've if you've got your own, you know, you're renting you basically want to try and get a cheaper rent because your sales aren't there. So I just think that there's there's this whole line of court cases potentially that these guys are going to suffer from. Now, shops are back open again, but are they open to their full extent? And is there another lockdown? Yes or no? I think it's too dangerous. That, as well as our vicinity centres, are a sell. There's an extra one there for you. <laughs> vicinity centres, because they're regional shopping centres. And regional shopping centres struggle because, yes, you've got your Coles and your Woolies. You've got them in there. And they're, they're their anchor tenants getting 4% rent. And then you've got all the specialty stores around the outside, the butcher, the baker, the the, the dress maker, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but they're all on 13% rent, but they're not open at all. So... The regional vicinity centres, I think, also is something that I would I wouldn't be in. Mm. All right, Adam. So I've got ten to close out with uh, that we couldn't bucket into a nice uh, sector, and some of these are fan favourites. So let's uh, let's rip through them. We've got more broadly supermarkets. Well, let's let's just go Coles to t- and the two Woolies. Majors. Let's not worry about the IGAs <laughs> and the. So did the you work for Coles? I worked for Coles. Bryce and you worked for Woolies. Yeah. How did I pick? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the red beard matches Coles. There you go. The big finger. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Um, First of all, Coles is definitely a buy. I think that you know the world has normalised back again, so I'm not going to spend too much time on Coles. I'm going to spend all my time on Woolies. Okay. I think Woolies is a fantastic buy at the moment. June 16th is the record date, which you need to be on the share register before they divest the Endeavour Group. And once they divest the Endeavour Group, why are they divesting a fantastic business? Endeavour Group is Dan Murphy's. BWS, Jimmy Brings, which I wasn't aware of that, as well as ALH, which is the Australian Leisure and Hospitality. Uh, there's 2,000 pubs, yeah, something a like pokies. a lot of pokies, a lot of gambling, a lot <laughs> yes. of alcohol, and a lot of tobacco. So the reason why they're divesting that is they've had large pension funds around the world saying, we want to invest in Woolworths. And we can't because you've got all of this gambling, alcohol and tobacco sitting there. So they said, right, they were going to do this a year ago, COVID hit, so now they're doing it this year. What's going to happen? You own one share of Woolies at $40, then you're going to get another share in the Endeavour Group. This is a great way for young people to expand their portfolio by buying one share today and then getting another share in another company. Nine times out of ten, the child being Endeavour will outperform the parent over the first 12 months. Okay, so you're going to get access to that. Second of all, when they do sell Endeavour, there's $2 billion that's going to go into Woolworths' back pocket. They'll do a capital, they'll do a buyback, a capital return to shareholders or keep the dividend nice and solid as well. 
Plus, then you'll get a lot of these pension funds who have been waiting to buy this stock because it is a good quality business. You'll start to see volume starting to kick up in Woolworths as well. So Woolies is a buy. You need to get in in the next sort of two to three weeks to be on the record date for that one. But that is going to be a fantastic spin-off, and you get two businesses for the price of one. And just because we're recording this on the 19th of May but won't be releasing it until early June? Yeah, we 31st. might. 31st yeah. of May. So yeah. what's, what just, what's that Woolies record date again? 16th of June. Okay, good to know. Expect strong buying pressure. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so another stock, I reckon after Zip, this is the most discussed stock in the Equitymates community at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that is A2 Milk. Uh, obviously a darling for a long time, mm. beaten down recently. Buy, hold or sell. Uh, okay, so it, before I give my buy, hold or sell, um, this one... Generally, what happens with a business that is going very well, and we saw this thing up at $24 or something like that, and it's now $5, right? So generally, we saw this thing was a fantastic business because they have a fantastic brand here in Australia and New Zealand. They had really good capital management and a fantastic board, right? We then came, started coming into COVID, and they said, look, don't worry about COVID because most of our revenue comes from Australia and New Zealand. Okay, so we're really happy with that. But then the next quarter, we saw that it's what's called the die gals, yeah. putting all of the, the powdered milk into their backpacks and then going home with it, that that was actually a major part of their revenue, that they really didn't sort of tell us that that was part of the overall mix. They said, don't worry about it. And so each quarter, we've had a downgrade, or at least each half, we've had a downgrade on this business due to the fact that basically that Daigao or those Chinese or that those customers aren't coming back in to buy those powdered milk. So for one, there is a fantastic business in Australia and New Zealand, so that's great, but that revenue source has just disappeared. Now, generally what happens with a recap of a business is there's usually three downgrades, a management change, and then a final downgrade once the once the new CEO comes in and cleans out the closet, yeah? He says, I'm going to get this thing as low as possible because my bonus is predicated yeah. on how high I can get this share price, right? Yeah. So he, he goes in there and flushes it out. We've actually seen four downgrades and we've seen a management change. So we're damn close to getting to a buy with this one. So it's hold if you've got it because you've ridden it from $24 <laughs> down to $5. I bought some PA personal account PA at $10 I'm still holding it today I still think that business is going to do well it's just going to take some time so we wait for that last downgrade from the new management coming in cleaning out the closet getting it the stock potentially could go to two bucks I don't know where it could go but that's the time to be picking this thing up and doing it. Same with AGL. AGL is a sell. There's a, there's a bonus one for you. <laughs> AGL is a sell. We've had three downgrades, and then they came and said, "Transformational business. We're gonna we're gonna change all this. We're gonna divest this. Do that." Two weeks after that, CEO and the CFO resigned. Now, if you're a business that's going to do a generational change in what you do, you need to have that leadership. And there's obviously not. Well, there's obviously a lot of arguing going on in the back end that we're not seeing, and hence that's why I don't think AGL will do well. I think A2 Milk will do well, but you just have to wait for that last flush out. It's a tough one, that one. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Fortescue Metals, FMG, Iron Ore, Boom. Yeah. Going well? (laughs) (laughs) It's going very well. Yeah. (laughs) So, look... At the end of the day, um, the government and most analysts have price targets for iron ore about fifty to eighty bucks a ton. It's trading at the moment at two hundred dollars a ton. Yeah. Right? It's ridiculous. Why is it trading so high? Is that China's starting to try and to curb steel production? And so what the steel production guys are doing is saying, Well, if you're gonna curb me, I'm just gonna basically keep stockpiling this as fast as I can before you put those mandate or that mandate in place. So hence iron ore, which goes into the furnaces to make the steel, is just getting bought up in droves and hence rising the price. Can that price last? No. However, how much can Fortescue make a, a ton of iron ore for? Any guesses? Anyone? Oh, it's, oh we, it's like 20-something bucks, isn't it? I was going to say we in the teens. Look at this. Yeah. 17? Yeah, I reckon 15 to 17 Jeez. bucks with dividend. Jeez. <laughs> right? Now, if you're selling it in the spot market for, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, $150. Like, let's give them the, you know, even $100. Yeah. 
Fortescue makes 188 million tonnes a year. Anyone got a calculator that big? But that is a lot of zeros that go onto that, right? And into Twiggy's back pocket. And into <laughs> the dividend. The dividend is fantastic. So we buy Fortescue, BHP and Rio. They're, I've got buys on all three of them. They're fantastic. But you do not buy these stocks for the dividend. Everybody repeat back to me that you do not buy resource <laughs> stocks for dividends. At the moment, they look fantastic because they've got so much cash and they're throwing it back to shareholders because they've got, they can't do it with it. The problem is with the iron ore price at these heights, you're going to get all these sub-producers that are going to come in and basically say that they've got a viable project at $180 a tonne where we know that it should theoretically be 55 80 even 100 bucks is a bit of a stretch so these these be careful of those new entrants coming in cuz they will not be able to produce iron ore at such a lower level 17 15 bucks that's just un- unbelievable so the it is a buy for the cycle and we are in a resource super cycle you might have heard that come around a couple of times so it is a buy from me just be careful that the music will stop one day and you need to be cautious about where your positions are. And now, if you've bought BHP, Rio, or Fortescue at earlier prices, happy days. Hold on to it. This is fantastic. But be careful. Fortescue at 26, BHP at 50, Rio at 130. You've got to be a little bit careful of those ones going forward. So it's still a buy. In the next two years, I think they, they, they will continue to do very well. Well, let's stay on the resources and mining theme. Yeah. Uh, another stock that came in from the Equitymates community was South 32. Yeah, so this is a harder one because they've got a lot of coal and that coal is on the nose at the moment. No one's really touching it. Whitehaven, another classic example of getting belted down or um, unfairly treated. Yes, there is some environmental concerns around coal, but people do like turning on lights and they don't like paying for it. So you need to have cheap power and that cheap power is coal. So... It is changing. The world's changing and we are looking at other alternative sources. And yes, that's working. But the mainstay of, of the power generation is coal. South 32 has a lot of coal in it. Now, remember BHP hived off South 32. And the reason why it's called South 32 is it's 32 companies below the in the southern equator. That's, that's basically what it is. So you've got a lot of South African stuff. You've got some Australian stuff. And it was all the the bits and bobs that BHP had collected over the years. So manganese, nickel, you know, all these coal, all of these kinds of things, they bundled it up and put on. Now, in the first 12 months, like we talk about the parent and the child, South 32 did very well. For me, I think it's a sell because of that ESG coal access and that, and I just don't see that coal market getting any better anytime soon. If you had copper, they've got a bit of copper in there, but that, that again is going, it's going to struggle. And some of the magnetite and some of these other projects that they've got. So it is a well-diversified business, but I think yeah, it, it, that coal asset is, has to be hived off or moved on, but it's a sell for me. Um. A company that we did a bit of a deep dive on, Digital Wine Ventures, DW8. Yes, yes. Good little business. I mean, look, it, 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 you wouldn't have thought Digital Wines would, would do really well. Yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't think that they would do we, well. We didn't think so when we talked about it a couple of yeah. years ago. <laughs> and you've been proven wrong? Or? Yeah, well, the stock price is proven Stock price. <laughs> so this is definitely a meme stock, yeah? This is a Reddit stock. This is one of those ones that everyone's been pumping and also lately you're seeing a little bit of a dump back at 10 cents. I think got stock got to 16 and now it's sort of come back a little bit. Um, I like the business. I don't know too much about it. I think that overall selling wine online, I mean, it's nothing new, um, but they've done well. I just get do get concerned about these sort of stocks that get sort of pumped up with all this hype and then they move on. And, and that's so fickle about what this sort of media – Uh, is doing so for me i think at 10 cents like you're okay there it's not a sell but it's certainly not a strong buy either i'd just be cautious on that one so is that a hold i think it has to be yeah i I, um yeah they had a little bit of a downgrade the other day talking about their vintages and and something else about sort of keeping wine in storage and stuff like that it's sort of what TWE has been doing for years, managing inventory. And if they can't manage that inventory correctly, it's a little bit of a concern. So I'd just be cautious on that one at the moment. Okay. So points bet PBH, another community favorite. Where do we stand? 
Look, these, these guys have done fantastic job of marketing themselves, one, to the Australian market, but then two, to the US. Now, the reason why I'm a little bit cautious about points bet at these levels is they did a massive deal with the um, NFL or NBA. What, what, wasn't it with uh, Network, like NBC? NBC, yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. So basically they had to pay a ridiculous amount of money, so cost per acquisition. And if you're looking at these online businesses, you need to look at the CAC, so cost per acquisition for customers, and LTV, which is their lifetime value of how long that customer stays with them and continues to buy with them. To get that customer now, because of that NBC deal, is over $520 to get a customer on board. That's a lot of money to get them there. But that LTV is pretty good at sort of three, three and a half times. So they stay once they're there, but it costs them a lot of money to get it. So you sort of look at the big headline, it looks great, NBC, da-da, but you delve a little bit deeper into it and it's actually a lot of costs for them to get going on this one. If you still have it, I still think if, you, if you're holding it, hold it. It's a hold. I don't think that they are going to be able to keep that rate going forever and I think that that potentially might be an issue. So I wouldn't be putting fresh money into it. I'd be cautious. And in the US, as we know from BET, these guys, um, each state has their own regulatory issues and they have to go through each state to get that going. So there's a lot of cost to, to make that work. So look, it's, it's a fantastic business. Hold it if you have it. Just be careful putting any new money in. Now, Adam, we're, we're very aware of how much time we've taken. So we, yep. first of all, I want to say thank you for giving it to us. We have five more stocks on the list uh, that the Equity Makes community have asked about. And honestly, this was a cold list. There was a lot of yeah, stocks that people wanted to hear from you. Yep. Uh, so let's do a bit of a quick fire, one word answer, maybe a sentence if there's something burning you want to say okay. uh, to get through these last five. Do it. Uh, electro-optic systems. Uh, it's, it's a hold. Hold. Yep. AML payments? Uh, after today's action, it's a hold. Uh, there's been some um, some things going on with the Irish government and you need to be a little bit careful uh, about what's going on for their payment system, so it's a hold. Dicker data. It's a buy. Um, these guys are fantastic at what they do, and it's it's actually it's actually sixty percent held by uh, the management, so it's not a lot of free float. So it's actually quite good. It's a buy. Uh, Alliance Aviation Service. I don't know anything about it. Um, nice. Fair no. enough. Yep. That's easy. Should have taken that one off the list. <laughs> <laughs> to close out Southern Cross Media Group. Sell. I think traditional media and radio are going to struggle and will continue to struggle. NEC, Channel 9 has done really well with Stan and all these other revenue streams. But I think the traditional media guys, you guys are at the forefront of disruption. <laughs> I think that they, it's, it's all about uh, on demand and these guys are still in the, we're going to tell you what you're going to watch and what you're going to see and what you're going to listen to. I think it's a sell. We just wanted to hear you rag on radio for yeah, a bit. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so look, Adam, we want to say a massive thank you for giving us the time. We do like to finish with the same final three questions. Before we do, if people want to follow you online or if they've got more stocks they want to bombard you with, um, yeah. is there anywhere anywhere in particular they should go? Uh, well, so obviously uh, Shore & Partners is my firm that I work for or work with. Um, you can find me there. Um, I can. We're a full-service broking firm, so I can give you personalised advice. This is general advice, but I can definitely give you personalised advice. So seek me out uh, online. I do have lots of YouTube stuff and I'm on Ausbiz. There's plenty of other uh, media outlets that we sort of go with, but look up Shore & Partners and, I, and you can definitely find me there. Nice one. Uh, so we'll get stuck into these final three questions. Uh, the first one is, do you have any books that you consider must-reads? So there's two. Robert Kiyosaki does a, uh, a book uh, about assets and um, how you – it's called A Quadrant. Check out Robert Kiyosaki. I forget the actual name of the book, but um, – it is very, very good. It's what got me into investing in the first place. And it talks about assets working for you versus you working for assets. Is that uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad That's guy? That's the one. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Right. It's a fantastic book. That showed me how investing works and why I should be concentrating on accumulating assets versus working for the man, as it were. So, yeah, that one. And anything with Peter Lynch in it. So he's a very, very uh, famous investor. Look, look him up on YouTube. He's got lots of YouTube. Uh, I think they're in the US. And if you're really a brainiac, um, 
Peter Graham has got uh, a really good one as well. I think it's uh, Walk Down Wall Street. No. Um, a random Walk Down Wall Street? Yeah, no, there, no. There's another one. Uh, it, it Peter, yeah, just look up Peter Graham. Basically, he's like the other guy from um, Warren Buffett. Um, check it out. He's only got a couple of books, but um, that one is for the smart people in the nice. room. Yeah. Uh, so, second question, uh, in 60 seconds or less, what's the best company you've ever come across? Yeah, this is a really hard one. I mean, I see 350 companies a year and uh, um, look, the, 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 the one and, and I'm already eating up my time here, but I think one of the, the best companies and I, I know like we guys don't have a lot of resources sort of people, but Fortescue, mm. I think, you know, they, they have cut costs that, they, they, you know, that was it was going out the door three years ago at a dollar dollar and fifty like it was literally going out the door, and obviously commodity cycles done well, but they've taken out costs, they've automated a lot of their stuff. This business is an amazing business, and every time I speak to them, I just go, "Wow, like you guys know what you're doing." So a bit boring, bit old world, but I think Fortescue is one of the best businesses I've come across. No, we love that. We love the fact that this que- this question isn't yielding just Apple, Alphabet, you know, Microsoft. Correct. We're getting some, a mix of companies here, which yeah, is good. Yeah, absolutely. And then final question, if you think back to your younger self buying that first BHP share all those years ago, um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Patience. Yeah, like this game is not about... The next big thing, or the the, um, the the next hot stock, it is about understanding, learning, and then making good investment decisions going forward. So patience, and you, I see opportunities every day in the market. Every day, I see something that I could have done, and I should have done, or would have. But understanding the businesses, understanding the the companies, investing, and understanding how you invest yourself. But patience, because I was too gun ho at the start, you know, just tried to do everything, and then finding out that it's, this world is way too bigger for me to too big for me to look at. So yeah, my younger self, I'd say, calm down, uh, relax, enjoy it, but then uh, have that patience to look back and sit and, and watch. Nice. Well, Adam, it's been an awesome way to start off ASX Week. Thank yeah. you for for joining us. Uh, I know that that would have provided a lot of entertainment for our community. So um, a world of knowledge uh, up up in your brain there. Yep. I think next time we get you on, we'll do the second half of the ASX 200. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Happy to come on any time. We, well, we definitely We're going to take you up on. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But thank you for your time. We, we appreciate it. No problems. Thank you. Equitymates Investing Podcast is a product of Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.